To be honest with y'all, I like Cole better than I like Kendrick Lamar. Um, I like the way he flows way more than Kendrick. I think Kendrick get a little bit too much hype. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Kendrick Lamar is not even close? No question. Kendrick Lamar. Without a doubt? Without a doubt. One's interesting and the other one's not that interesting to me. Damn! What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Facts and Frocast with myself, Sam Rodriguez, and Justice Ramos, a.k.a. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> My loud and obnoxious partner, Facts. Um, so we already recorded this epic conversation on Kendrick Lamar's album, Damn, uh, released about two weeks ago now on Good Friday. Um, but thanks to some audio difficulties, we did not release it, but we're back. Um, and actually pretty happy it didn't work out the first time because we've had it on replay and the more we listen to it, the better it gets and the more we have to say. So jumping right into it, if you haven't listened to it yet, seriously. Shame on you. For shame, sir or ma'am, for shame. Seriously, go listen to it. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, but we're going to get into in depth about it. So I'm going to turn it over to Fax and he's going to give you his, his general overall feelings on, on the album. Damn is damn. Oh my god, damn. You're so original. No, <laughs> no seriously though, being a hundred percent honest, yo. I when we recorded this previously, I had said something, but I'ma change that so you're not gonna know what I said, and I'm gonna just say, yo, he top five. Oh wow, thank you. Thank you. That's what I was waiting for. First of all, this man was over here talking about he's top seven. Like that's not the most ridiculous number. Like it's not because all seven. I was trying to insinuate If you're gonna was, say yo, top seven, at least put it like say top ten and then just make the, the actual placement a little secretive or something. No, that's stupid. I don't want I don't like top ten because there's a lot of other people that nah he better than. So I'm gonna say top five, DOA. I don't care. Yo, debate your friends, um, dogs. <laughs> Walker, I don't care. I mean, the consist the level of consistency for I repeat four albums in is incredible because uh, my partner Fro over here likes to believe that he only has three albums. Anyways, four albums of consistency, great work, um, really interesting topics where he delves into uh, the level of vulnerability that he shows on his songs, which really helps you connect to him and you make and you know he gives you a window into who he is and i think that's a really good mark of a great artist regardless of genre um that if you're able to you know i mean a lot of songwriters in general touch upon their own experiences but i think the way that he describes his personal uh personal experiences and the way he uh brings these messages about and the way he decides to tackle them are incredible and damn is no different um Sonically, I think it's it's pulled back from the uh, avant-garde jazz fusion of To Pimp a Butterfly and is a little bit more streamlined in the middle between To Pimp a Butterfly and Good Kid Mad City, um, which makes it more palatable for the average or casual, uh, casual, casual rap listener. Um, and I've heard people have some interesting opinions on that. Somebody's like, oh, it's pretty much To Pimp a Butterfly with like – one or two extra songs or something and i'm like yo are you do you have mad earwax in your ear yo because i don't know what album you was listening to it must have been a leak or something because that was not the right album um but i think because of that it should reel in more people personally i don't care what 
beats or sonically what he strives to be because his level of versatility um, and the songs that he constructs just lends to a, a wide palette of different um, sounds that he can strive for. And I think that's why I really enjoy him as an artist because he can be so progressive in the sense that, hey, I want to try this. I'm going to go and, you know, rap over this or I want to try this. I'm going to go contact these people. Let's make a song together um, that he can go from working with uh, Thundercat on to Pimper Butterfly or Dre and go working with uh, Mike Willmade it, and it all still fit within a certain sonic sound. Um, lyrically, this album is, you know, he every album he brings just another level of depth and, you know, really a tied together scheme in which, you know, he employs throughout his songs. And this one, again, is no different from the things that he has before. And, you know, um, with other artists, I really harp on them, you know, you reusing the same material or topics and, you know, can't, most rappers do use the same topics over and over again, but what makes it interesting is how you're discussing it, how you're approaching it. And, you know, he really does like to touch upon religion. That's, that's an important thing to him. And this album, it really touches upon that. And there's a lot of running themes that he has throughout his albums, but I want to say this is the one that really brings this religion or religious concept to the forefront. And he addresses it all, you know, pretty directly and I think it actually goes so far as to be, you know, dealing with the structure of the album and, you know, pervades almost every song entirely, whether it addresses it completely directly or indirectly, it deals with it. And um, I think it's amazing. I think it's honestly an amazing album. And he's just shown me a level of consistency time and time again, while just, you know, breaking down my own expectations and giving me something refreshing or, you know, might not be refreshing to rap. But it can be refreshing for him. So to Pimp a Butterfly was, you know, really out there and it it, it uh, almost alienated some of his fans or people who listened to him previously and went on this whole other tangent. While this uh, almost is a continuation of that while drawing back on some of the previous things or the, that previous sound. And it just makes to be one of the most complete albums I've heard this year. And between this year and last year, maybe maybe the one of the most complete albums I heard between the last two or three years or so. And it just makes for a, a really great listening experience. And it really touches upon almost every, you know, emotion that you can find in music per se. You know, you got your hype tracks, you got your more downtrodden, really, really melancholic sounding tracks. You have your uh, victorious sounding tracks. And, you know, it, it just brings together a full sounding album that really touches upon almost everything. Um. So now that facts pretty much said everything I wanted to say, let me start by saying I feel really fortunate to have been introduced to Kendrick back when you were, facts was trying to get me to listen to Section 80. Um, yeah. And it was a different sound. It took some getting used to, I think, as did Good Kid Mad City, as did Tip and Butterfly. Um, but recently I was watching some Kendrick interviews and he said something on the breakfast club that really stood out to me in regards to, uh, people throwing the word classic out after one mm -hmm. listen, you know, he said as much as he's flattered by that and by the love that he gets, you know, just after one listen. And I think we all do that. Like after one listen, I was like, Oh my God, this is great. But no, of course we do it that. Didn't, you know. It didn't take me one listen 
to go, okay, this is a classic. Like to the point where I literally even question like what what is a classic exactly for me to for me to open my mouth and say something's a classic. I really want to know what I'm saying. Um but he said he this was in regards to To Peppa Butterfly. He said he wants you to grow with the album and learn to love it more and more with each listen and and that's what I've done with Good Kid, Mad City. I did it with To Pimp a Butterfly, and I've done it with Damn. Absolutely, have done it with Damn. With every single listen, it just gets better, and it gets better to me. Um, and not only that, I think I've watched Kendrick grow through his albums, and time and time again, he's he's carefully crafting his lyrics, which is something else that he said he does. He chooses his words very carefully because he understands how much his words affect his fans, his younger fans especially, um, while also delivering this kind of like reckless catharsis of emotions um, that not Man, that's only... that's a quotable, yo. Can I get that on repeat right now? <laughs> um, that not only like give us a look into how Kendrick is feeling, um, but how the characters he creates are feeling, his target audience, which he said um, are people in prison and like kids in college, um, how they're feeling... And, and then at times, how we're feeling, like listeners are feeling. Um, so we got it into Pimp a Butterfly, like you said, with like this funk and jazz-infused sound. And we absolutely get that same, all of those same sentiments in Damn in, again, like you said, a more slightly more commercial sound. But I also, like, the first thing I said it was, was like, hauntingly beautiful. Mm. Though, like, from from Blood, it's it's haunting, um, but in like the most beautiful way. So from start to finish, um, from, I think the heart part four release to, to humble setting the, the video rather setting the tone for that religious theme. Um, and then finally the good Friday release during a time when, you know, Christians are preparing for the resurrection and, and, um, repenting, um, it, the marketing was great. The lyrics yes. are great. The placement of songs are great. Yes, the that's cover very... art is great. So yes. I, it's I won't. We're gonna get around to who are who we think are the, the the best artists of all time. But I said this the other day, low key. Kendrick is my favorite favorite rapper. Now, please specify between favorite and who's the best. Is my favorite rapper of all time. So. Mic drop. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why people are gonna say that. that's a hot take. It's, yeah, it's everyone, not a hot take. You know Everybody why? Because people confuse people confuse their favorites with the best, assuming this is my favorite, so he must be the best. Exactly. When if you can Dude. notate the difference between the two, oh my god, mind blown! It's my my the whole favorite new world. my favorite basketball player is Tyson Chandler, so that should just be like an example right there. Who your favorite is 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 someone that you know, you've grown and you've watched and like, you feel like you've literally grown with them. And it also comes with timing, like the time that I really came into hip hop music and, and the people that I've listened to, like, yes, I grew up listening to Jay, but uh, at a time when I was very removed from rap music, when I was still listening to NSYNC and, and, you know, new kids on the block and, and pop music and R&B and Chris Brown, when I was really focused on that, when now like, my my go to when I get in my car is always Kendrick. So mm. like I, I think your favorite is just 
you know, who, who like influenced you. Like the same way I tell you, like I started watching basketball later in life and it was because I turned on the television and saw Tyson. Like that's why, that's why those people are my favorite. Not to say that Kendrick is not in, in a very, very prestigious list of rappers Mm -hmm. because he absolutely is. And we'll get to that, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, a lot of the times your favorite or, you know, people, tend to gravitate to the artist when they were younger and you know when you're in that time of transitioning and x y and z you know from like i want to say 15 onwards 15 like 25 you know those tend to be like the guys it's like oh i really really love this guy because you know again you're growing up with them and so you know i think that he'll be somebody a lot of people's favorites going forward i mean there's a ton of younger generation guys that think drake is the greatest of all time because that's who they grew up with him they don't know the difference between who's their favorite and who's the greatest because you know a lot of the times generations don't look necessarily look behind them and, you know, I don't – that's their opinion. I'm not going to sit there and debate with them because I don't have that patience. Just a note on that though. When when you are differentiating between your favorite and who the best is, it does take time. Like there are people that will listen to Damn, that will listen to To Pimp a Butterfly and not get it. That's okay. Uh, to me anyway, rap is a form of poetry and poetry was meant to be studied. You never You never get poetry on the first read. There, right. there are references and there are, you know, methods and and devices used that are purposely used for you to study and unravel and unveil the meanings. Right. So when Just it comes so, you know. to who's the best, it does take time to really break it down and study that uh, individual's music. Because, yeah, and especially when, you know, there's a, a, these newer generation of artists, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, they're killing hip hop, rap is dead, you know, what are these people doing, you know, I don't understand, and it's a new generation, and just because you don't understand it exactly doesn't mean that it's not, it's not for you, and that's fine, and, you know, and people just don't understand that difference, and so, you know, I can listen to Yachty Uzi, uh, Playboy Cardi all day long, and understand, you know, lyrically, they're not the most impressive individuals but you know that music is not necessarily for me i mean i i love it i'll listen to it you know but i understand when i'm going to listen to it what to get out of that music and how to proceed you know judging it going forward i'm not going to sit there and fire up a, a kodak black album and be like damn but he ain't really touch upon um white privilege though like what i'm not, I'm not there for that you know I'm, I'm there for a different kind of listening experience so maybe that's what also lends itself into who's favorite and who's best because people look for music to, you know, some people listen to music for escapism. Some people like the real world reflections of music or real world reflections of art in what they consume. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's delve into this breakdown here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, did you have something? (laughs) No, 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 no. We can uh, jump right into it. So, all right. So I'll let you, you're the one that got like the notations. You got the dissertation written for your PhD in uh, Kung Fu Kenyology. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. I really think like if I was in, if I was still in college and um, I was still taking my, my race ethics, uh, you know, in a quality class, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably have referenced Kendrick lyrics like nine times out of 10 in my papers. Zoom. <laughs> um, so, so a tip, I feel if you're going to go listen, if you haven't listened to damn yet and you're going to just start listening to it, I'd say a tip is just to go back and 
kind of just brush up on Deuteronomy in the Bible because it's referenced um, multiple times. And I think it's like a great kind of starting point um, that like trickles like down and out through the album. Um, so just to like give you an idea, it, it it's basically it basically consists of like Moses's sermons to the Israelites to obey God. And if you don't obey God, you know, you're going to be cursed, um, by like a million plagues, um, to quote some in the city, in the country, which I thought was important because you're getting that in, in a few songs, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, Compton he's referring to, or in the country when he references, you know, the Trump election in triple X, uh yes. Triple X? Actually, no, I want to say it's lust. Yeah, it's uh, lust. When he's talking about when he he wakes up in the morning and hopes the oh, election yeah, wasn't yeah. true. It's lust. So, um, you know, you'll be cursed when you come in and when you go out, the Lord will send you confusion, uh, rebuke in all that you do until you're destroyed. Um, he will cause you to feel defeated before your enemies. He will afflict you with madness, blindness, confusion. Uh, you will live in constant suspense filled with dread and never secure of your own life. So just to give you an idea, um, because you're going to hear a lot of Kendrick just talking about, you know, screw it. The world's going to be destroyed anyway. You're going to hear a lot of confusion, a lot of just not knowing what to do with his life. Oh, suicidal thoughts. You're getting those again. Um, like you got into Pimp Butterfly. Um, so what I think is, is, is you're, you're getting Kendrick battling with himself. You're getting, you're getting the wicked side, you're getting the weakness side. Um, and it literally kind of alternates between songs, um, those two different sides of his character, which is really freaking awesome when you stop and and you think about how it was structured. Um, and I think it, it's also a great reflection of our, uh, ourselves because I do that. I know I do that. Right. Day in, day Everybody out. that's, you know, invested or, you know, not necessarily religiously, but by a set of morals or, you know, I might not be a religious individual, but, you know, as you grow older, you live by a certain set of, you know, morals and X, Y, and Z. And the more your understanding of, you know, the kind of person you want to be when you, you, you know, you battle with that every now and then where it's like, you know, am I, am I doing the right thing? Or, you know, everybody has, it. am I doing the right thing? You know, what if I do this? And then the next day you're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to continue doing whatever I want. Absolutely. And, um, I, like I said, I think the Good Friday release was great in that regard because it's a time when, uh, Christians are, are really repenting for their sins so that they can prepare, you know, to have Christ enter their life. And, and when you are repenting, when you are recalling all of your sins, it's actually, it, it can be very draining and it, it can be frustrating to the point to a certain point, because what, what you're doing basically is recalling everything that you've done wrong and you're putting fear into yourself based on things that are said in Deuteronomy. But then you're also trying to change for the better. But then, you know, you may wake up the next morning and, you know, circumstances are one way and, and you forget. And it's 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 very deep. It, it's very mm -hmm. deep. And I appreciate that he put right. all of those feelings into, into this it. album and. Again, another in another interview that I I saw with him, 
it was on to pimp a butterfly and he was saying how draining it is to put all of those feelings into into a, a record or an album or even just a song so right because you're you have to you have to let yourself feel those feelings and if it's exactly. things that you don't necessarily want to confront you have to envelop yourself in that vulnerability in order to present it or you know you might feel that way but to, to convey it on a song and you know carefully curate your words in order to best present that message for other people to consume that you know it's a tedious process exactly so um speaking of which let's let's do this you want to do it song by song or yeah yeah we could do it song by song we'll do i'll do it a little a little bit of a shorter version because it's a lot um so starting with blood i think Okay, so when I heard... To me, I look at it as the intro. Well, it is the intro, but... No, yeah, yeah. But it it was before when I said hauntingly beautiful, like, that's exactly what I was referring to. It's eerie, just, like, from the opening lines and just, uh, is it wickedness, is it weakness? Like, it's super, super haunting. Um, But I think, or the way I interpreted it was the blind woman is basically um, a representation of of a curse for disobedience. Like what will happen to you if you disobey God? Because, you know, Deuteronomy says God will make you grope around like a blind person in the night, which is what this woman is doing. And Kendrick, unfortunately is on the side of sin and in, in, you know, meets this woman and encounters, you know, sin basically. And which is a perfect, perfect um, kind of prelude to DNA because like you're, you're you're getting this this encounter with wickedness and then you're just getting dna which is basically him just kind of listing off all of the things that are wicked in his dna also like on top of like like a quote wicked like really hard flow hard beat but it's also very interesting what he's doing there because he's also kind of like making fun of like the stereotypes of black people right which is it's, something yeah. he he also does uh and i think uh the cool thing about this album is the one word titles leave the, a really open sense of interpretation so there's a lot of multiple themes running throughout or different ways you could can you know construe the lyrics like you know it could be you know he ends the song with uh sex money murder our dna you know like three things that people always associate you know um black people in the ghetto with and so you know it's it could touch upon that and it could be you know i'm making fun of it or it could be like you know this is the things that i i see in the hood all the time with you know black people aka and we're i'm black they're black it's our dna or you know when he starts the song got royalty loyalty so it's almost like he's 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 just exposing himself or how he feels about the black experience where it's you know hey yeah we got great parts in us and, or I got great parts of me and then all the exact the wickedness that I go through or the wickedness that I, I experience as well as, you know, the good. It's almost like the it's almost like he's literally listing the good and bad every other line almost. Absolutely. And actually sticking also with the with the religious theme, something that when I was in college, I took a class about like ancient civilizations and all that. And, you know, obviously there's colonization and of Imperialism. You know, basically colored people's lands and uh, Christians when they came over believed that you know colored people were made that color because God hated them and there's a line in that song where he's saying um 
you know, your, your DNA is an abomination. So kind of referring to those people and the things that they did to black people or they thought about black people or people of color in general. And what's crazy is they did it in the name of, of God. So it's also like how almost hypocritical and confusing uh, religion Mm -hmm. can be at times. And like, also I think like he, he is a religious person, but he's all, we're also getting these very confused um, characters in this album. And when you stop and think about it, as a religious person, it must kind of bug him sometimes to sit back and, and think about or see all the, the horrible things that have happened right. in the name of the God that he's praising. So, and I, I'm sorry. No, continue. no, no. I was done. Oh, I was going to say, and I wonder if, um, by the way, that second half is just, yeah, but you mother- I wonder can't if, tell me nothing. Yeah. Right. Fine. Yo, fine. you ain't shit fantastic. without a ticket on your plate. You he's he's you sick enough to pull anyway. Uh, we'll get to that in the later half. Um, I wonder if, you know, if he's talking about himself in that second half, you know, like, are you, you know, you're, you're, he's talking all that or like, who is he referring to? Cause obviously he's talking to somebody. So it's almost like, well, you know, what, could, like what, what lines are you referencing? Well, the whole second half, the whole second half sound, you know, changes from, you know, a self-reflection to, it sounds like it's being directed at somebody. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, do you have any conjectures about, do you think he's talking to someone specific or do you think he's referring to himself? Because he has plenty of songs where, you know, he's, he's, you know, as he has that running theme throughout his stuff where, you know, he struggles back and forth. It could literally be him having a, you know, conversation with himself, like on you, where he's talking, I hate you so much. He could, you know, be referring to himself in the third person. Like, bruh, Kendrick is like literally friggin' Schmeagle from Lord of the Rings. Like, that's <laughs> that's what he is. Um, that's actually a great question, but I... I want to say he's talking to himself. Yeah, I feel like he's never really... I mean, outside of the hardcore form, he's usually talking to himself and not to anybody. But it's, it's crazy, too, because if, if you... If you read this, the second verse, like, I'd rather die than to listen to you. Like, it could also be like, you're, like I said, you're getting the wicked part and it's almost Mm -hmm. like he's trying to fight that off. Yeah. Like he's, he's trying, like he's battling with himself. I mean, cause, cause we keep saying that's like a theme throughout the album. So why not? Like it could be that, but he could also be doing multiple things. He could be talking to himself. He could be talking to other people. He could be talking to people that stereotype blacks. He, he, he could be talking, he, he, he's no, yeah, doing yeah. a crap ton of things in, in the entire yeah. album. So it's, it's up for interpretation. Uh, so yeah. I really, uh, I mean, I love a lot of these songs. That song but... is growing on me like crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, like, you know, I mean, I'm usually, you know, chilled out songs are usually take a little bit longer because they don't, you know, they don't hit you right away. They're usually exactly. stuff that you're just playing and you're kind of just, you know, it almost, you know, it, it, it turns into background noise just because, you know, it's a lot more chill. So unless you're really intensely listening, it almost just kind of fades to the background. But yeah. yeah, this song is really starting to grow on me. Oh my gosh, me too. Like just, uh, just from the opening lines, I love it. But I, it, to your point, yes, but no. And I say no because of the structure of the album. Like I said, you're getting mm-hmm. from one song, you're getting like this really hard hitting lyrical, um, just like coming at you kind of song, and then you're getting mm-hmm. this like 
kind of mellowed out song. Like it's like he's almost giving you your all or giving you his all rather and just and like putting it out all out on the table and then just kind of mellowing out and trying That's to fair. be you know, trying to be better in a way. Um And yeah, this one is pretty direct with the uh, Deuteronomy uh reference. Well, yeah, because it says in, in Deuteronomy, Literally. say that yeah. we all be cursed. Um, Yah being short for Yahweh. Um, and I think this song is really just like kind of talking about temptations um, and just, well, my interpretation was like a, a calling out for mm-hmm. for God and for his help. Um, and... Well, you're, when, when he says, you know, radar, just buzzing, and then says, yeah, yeah, right after it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think he's just kind of mellowing out from the previous song and just calling out to God, asking for help. Um, but I'm going to pull up some lyrics here for a minute, and you can kind of take that conversation on. Oh, I mean, I don't really got much to say. <laughs> um <laughs> So that was such a disingenuous laugh. Uh, no, it, it, <laughs> the sound like the female version of a Jada Kiss laugh. That's okay. Um, I mean, I would do it, but it'd be really loud, so I'm not gonna do that. Wow, I look up Yah lyrics and it gives me Soldier Boy. Yah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's funny because I looked at lyrics and I got Usher's. Yeah, so, but no, I like I said, I think he's just kind of mellowing out, and I think he's just. He's, it's like, it's like, I can like picture him just kind of like sitting like around like with his family or like his niece. video would be dope. Yeah. Very like, he's just sitting around with his niece and he's thinking about, you know, he's thinking about life and he's thinking about the life that he leads as well. Um, you know, the, the life of a rapper, like how, mm-hmm. how would you characterize the, the life of a rapper? You know, like you're thinking money, you're thinking women, uh, you're thinking drugs, um, you know, those like kinds of things, but yeah, because think... no, yeah, I, I agree, and it sounds like that because he's you know he's talking about the typical things, or it almost sounds like a he he yeah, that he's calling out, but in the sense that like you know I'm almost getting trapped. I don't want to get trapped in you know the typical rapper lifestyle. It's like you know I follow the intuition, which is yeah, protect my family, get money, uh, have sex with a bunch of women, right. and then the next one after is you know. Just stuff he's personally dealing with. My favorite line is somebody tell Geraldo this nigga got some ambition. Right. I don't know. It was just – but yeah, and it's just like, you know, how he's dealing – you know, when he wants to talk about certain kinds of things, you know, he gets, uh, you know, criticized or critiqued. Like almost like, all right, this is the stuff I want to – you know, the good things and then this is also the bad things. Like it comes with good in both. Like, oh, look, my niece gets to see me on TV, but now people are calling me out. But – you know, I'm not I don't do this for, you know, I'm not a public figurehead. I, I mean, or, you know, I'm not a politician. I'm just I'm a, just the rapper. So what the hell? Exactly. And but he's like he says, like, I know he walks the earth, but there's money to get. You know, temptation is blah, 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 so on and so forth. So, like I said, I think this one's kind of straightforward. Just talking about the temptations in life that you know, everybody faces. So, um. Next would be now it's time to make it look sexy. (laughs) Element is is like the go to song. It's the first like if I'm if I don't want to listen to the album straight through, which is doesn't happen very often. Um, this is the first song I go to. I love it. Like I absolutely love it. I love the hook. Like who says that? 
Fuck out of slap a pussy ass nigga. I'm gonna make it look sexy. That's who, crazy. Who says that? Yo, like, how you slap somebody great. and make it look sexy? Like, do you slap and then do like a pirouette afterwards? <laughs> Nah, I'm. I just. I just want to know. So back to like the theme. Um, I think this one you're you're getting you're going back to like the the wicked Kendrick. Um, because he 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 literally starts off the song saying like I don't give a damn basically. Um, and then he says put the Bible down. So he's basically just kind of just saying screw it. The world is screwed anyway, according to God, according to this book that he keeps referencing. So why not? Like, why not just not care and, you know, apparently make it look sexy? Like, I don't know. And then the bridge, damned if I do, if I don't, um, you know, he's he's kind of like fed up and he's he kind of like it's almost like he's giving up on that religion and just um, living his life. Yeah, it's not, and it's like, um, it's, it's, it, uh, it, you know, has the running themes of like self-sacrifice and things that the, that almost carries out, but this is more, I want to say one of the more uh, commercial songs because the chorus to me is, you know, doesn't fit the frame of the album and it just sounds straight up like, yo, y'all can't do what I do. Like, you know. No matter what, like I'm the best at this. Absolutely, and and they won't take me on my element. I think is just a right. testament to Kendrick being kind of like in a complete lane of his own, and like you said earlier, not really caring. I I think it's I don't find it that commercial because I think like when he says won't take me on my element, I think he's kind of referencing like, hey, I'm not a commercial dude. I'm gonna right. say what I want to say. I'm gonna rap over the kind of beats I want to rap over. Almost and if exactly. If you don't like it, oh well. I just meant a little bit more commercial, but no, yeah, it definitely sounds. Right, like it almost like a I could do that exactly. I'm not you're not gonna take me out of my element trying to best me. Like I'm gonna do what I want, and you know if I decide to rap over this, what you gonna do about it? Absolutely, and and this this song is definitely the opposite of him being humble, which we're gonna get later as well. Um, so I mean, it's definitely one of my it's top three on the album for sure. Right, and that those uh like the religious theme still continuing throughout that. Most of y'all throw rocks and try to hide your hand. You say his name with no promise that you see candy man. Yeah, yeah. And and you're getting the ain't nobody praying for me in the beginning, which is a right. is a recurring oh. line throughout the album. Right. And if, if nobody's praying for you, like and and you know, in in like the Catholic religion, you're supposed to you know, you're supposed to pray for your peers, you're supposed to pray for others. Um so I, like I said, I think this is just the wicked side. He's kind of just giving up and so on and so forth, which and then, mm-hmm. then you get your favorite song on the album. Oh, you get feel. So I'll feel let you. Is, I'll oh, let you my over. gosh. This is to me. I mean, well, one, I don't know why all the rappers I love just got to be so damn dark, like just really, really vulnerable stuff. But. This song, to me, like exemplifies Kendrick at his best, which is over a beat that no one else will decide to rap over, where he's just literally mouthing off about everything that he feels. Like Him being incredibly vulnerable is where I think he's his best. And this song is literally, uh, I want to say, a song's equivalent to sitting on a therapist's couch and being like, you know, some therapist's like, okay, so tell me about what's going on. And he's just, you know, I feel like this, I feel like this. And, you know, every line is starting with, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like. 
And, you know, it just it continues building up to almost like a, you know, this is what's really getting to me. And then, you know, throughout all that feel it, you know, it builds up and then, you know, lets out with, you know, like this is how I'm feeling. But, you know, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to get there. Uh, absolutely. I really loved the the, the therapist couch, um, you know, analogy like that's so perfect because that's exactly what I would picture as well. Um I think, oh my gosh, like what earlier when I said just like a, like a, a complete catharsis, like that's what this song is. Like mm-hmm. it's basically just like a release of of everything he's feeling. And it's a lot of fear um, that he's feeling. Um, and like you can just imagine like being completely drained after the end of this, uh, after the end of the song, like after recording this, like I can imagine you almost like breaking down and crying because like you're, you're just releasing all of that. And right. It, it, Especially with the running motif and um, in the, you know, well, the, the version that didn't get recorded when we had discussed about the song, you had discussed that the uh, the running motif about uh, that parallel to Jesus, where Jesus says almost the same thing, like everybody wants you to pray for them, but no one's praying for me. Right. Um, I think I, I just think this one is. You're, you're getting every ounce of confusion and anxiety and, and the fear of destruction. Um, you know, I feel like I'm boxing demons, monsters, false prophets. Um, and the buildup for this song is great. Uh, right. Cause the flow almost compounds. Like, you know, it starts off and even his voice starts off a lot lower in verse one. Then after the second chorus, it's, you know, he's getting more and more amped, you know, by the time he's, you know, you know, fill the banks up with dollars, fill the graves with fathers, fill the babies with bulls, in their blogs and pull. Yeah. Like it's like, he's really like, you know, getting to where he, you know, the, the, the root of his issues. Yeah. I think I def again, top three. Um, I, I like the line, the feeling of false freedom. I think we spoke about this before. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think it could be in the country, the feeling of false freedom again, like he's doing that thing for, you know, he's kind of talking about, you know, colored people. So you can get that Mm -hmm. sense of false freedom and in the country, especially with everything that's gone on over the last couple of months, you know, like, okay, sure. Everybody has a quality, but do they not really? Um, and then also like the false freedom of being forgiven for sin, Um, I think because we're constantly in this entrapment of our own sin, like, you know, you can go to confession and and the next day wake up and be completely free of sin. And then you're more than likely going to do something that's considered a sin within that same day. So it's, it's just like that sense of false freedom and and entrapment and how do you get out of it? Um, Right. And it's, this is like really the, uh, the highest between this and fear. But I think this more so is really like the peak of him, you know, almost pessimistic and really, really downtrodden where he's in like the feeling of apocalypse happening. Like, you know, I have no hope. Like, I, you know, I feel like everything is out to get me and this is it. Like, I don't really care anymore. Also, I like you said this too, like repetition and, and just the, the, the poetic devices in, in this one are really, really Don't they fantastic. call it a, uh, I know this, an anaphora or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. Um, when you repeat stuff like that um man there's something else oh and and but the second half i i i also feel like it's a little uplifting um you know a little bit yeah a little bit more so i yeah i feel like this almost uh kind of is like a a turning point in the album because like the next few kind of 
Well, not really, because Pride is pretty dark. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Pride is actually a very strange song, and every time I hear it, again, eerie. Very, very eerie. But very eerie, yeah. Really, really great. But I feel like the second half of Feel is just a little more uplifting, because we're getting the I can feel it, the Phoenix Shore to watch us. I can feel that the dream is more than process. So you're getting right. all of this fear and and confusion, but then like you're getting this random like moment of like upliftment where he's kind of saying like you know i feel something happening like but nobody's praying for me so right it, like it's, it, it's very strange yeah um i love it i love it it's bro like you gotta listen to this album man like every time yeah. i talk about it i just get excited and like when we're finished i'm just gonna go listen to it again but um so right after that we're getting loyalty loyalty with rihanna yes which is i think the most quote-unquote commercial song on the album absolutely absolutely and um I, i'm surprised to, i haven't heard more radio burn from this i mean rihanna's me like a surefire hit to go on the radio well, i mean she's doing her I, thing on this song though no absolutely but that's why i i was just about to say i think it's it, it becomes a little more commercial because not to slight rihanna but it did become kind of commercial when you added her I, it's crazy how she really the only well one of two three um features on the album like i wonder why he went out and got her for it well he, he or went out and chose those three people specifically yeah um i think i think loyalty is a good song like it, it grows on me but it's not it's not one of my favorites um i think i think he's really just kind of talking about the things that he wants in his life like and and also I, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Kendrick interviews. Kendrick's not a very materialistic dude. I mean, He's very about control his... was the last thing about him speaking about material stuff. I, I, right. But I feel like... Um, no, I'm saying that was like the turning point. Yeah, no, I recall. Um, but he, so like I said, he's not a very materialistic dude. He's very about his own people. He's very about his fiance. I mean, when you see him perform and stuff like that, he's just really wearing some jeans and a hoodie. Yes, he's and a, some he's, Reeboks. He's a very humble guy. He's not very materialistic. He he kind of says it in multiple interviews. Like, yeah, sure, everyone thinks that when you make money, like you're just gonna take off and go buy this, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, right. you can have nine million cars and you might still be depressed as hell. Or uh, I think it's later on in the album where he actually talks about like he's afraid where it's that money's going to disappear. So he's he's also like, I don't want to spend this money because I don't know when I'll ever, you know, if I if I stop making money, what happens then? Right. That's actually a really, really good point. But uh, so I think in this in the song, he's really just questioning, like, what are you loyal to? Are you loyal to your cars or are, are there people in your life that are for, that are, you know, giving you this sense of fulfillment that you're loyal to. And I think that's what he wants. You know, he wants, he wants loyalty from the people that he loves and, and he's going to give that back to them. Right. And like, it's cool because the first half is kind of like, you know, exactly him being braggadocio and Rihanna's doing the same thing. Then after the hook again, it's, you know, one is doing each. So like Kendrick's, you know, like, you know, he's asking what you love, you know, almost like he's the devil there. Like what you, are you, you know, he's not saying, are you loyal to, you know, your friends or anything? He's like, are you loyal to money, fame? You know, what do you want? Like, uh, is it love for the streets when the lights get dark? Um, you know, stuff like he's talking about the material things. Then Rihanna starts her things off. It Does it start with the woman or your man? Does it end with your family and friends? Like, you know, it's almost like she's, you know, 
playing one part and he's playing the other. Like, you know, this is the this is what you could be loyal to. And then Rihanna's like, this is what you should be loyal to almost. Which is a perfect transition into Pride. Because right. then you're you're really getting the that very, very dark and depressing um talk about, you know, material things, you know, um happiness or flashiness, how do you serve the question? Um th- this song I every time it comes on, like I have to listen to it multiple times because I think it's the song I understand or I don't want to say that I understand least, but it's the one that like it doesn't jump out at me, but it mm-hmm. it it like it haunts me actually. Um because he he's basically just like he's talking about if he was if he was perfect and if he was perfect you know he would choose this over that and you know choose faith over riches there you go um Mm -hmm. but he's not perfect and i think he's just it's it's kind of like a confession in a sense like he's just kind of repenting on not being perfect and almost asking to to be better in the sense of like listen you know, I am this like rich guy, but I still, I still make these mistakes. And, um, but I, I do have like a question because, um, the, uh, the line in another life, I surely was there in, in that, in the chorus, that's, what's really Mm -hmm. creepy about the song. So I'm like curious as to what, where do you think he means by there? Like in another life, I surely was there. Right, and then in the bridge, maybe I wasn't there. Right, I'm. It's I'm like, where do you think there is though? Like I'm actually asking. Like he's saying I wasn't taught to share, but in another life, maybe I wasn't there, or I surely was there. Like where's there? I'm so keep. I'm so confused. It could be like, uh, was he there for his people? Like almost like a. Because I, I want to say this is kind of reminds me of you. So in you, it's like at the, the second half when he's, you know, really tearing into himself, he's almost like you got famous and then left your people behind. You know, he was like, you ain't FaceTime. You could have visited but said you, you only FaceTime. Like you could have came back and helped us all out. And then it's like, so maybe I wasn't there. Like maybe I didn't go back to help him. You know, I just left him in the hood and I, I left because I didn't want to deal with it and I didn't take anybody with me. Well, that's a great point because um, also in in the interview with The Breakfast Club, you know, he's saying like, I can't, I can't take everybody with me. He literally says that he's like, I can do but so much. Like I can't put a million dollars in, you know, someone's pocket who lives in the hood because their, their situation or, you know, their environment kind of dictates something. I can put people, he said, I can put people in, in positions to get out, but I can't take them out. Of course. Um, And that's actually a really important lesson because, um, I think what was it? Kobe, Kobe said that because he had the dispute with his parents, like, you know, selling his stuff or something like that. And, you know, and he had said after he retired, he had the letter when he retired and he said, you know, one thing I would do differently is, do not get, give people opportunities, not give them the money because people are just going to always, you know, ask for more, you know, like a handout. So you give people opportunities to better themselves and that lasts longer. So, you know, maybe Kendrick's saying that, like, maybe I wasn't there and, you know, I could have helped him out. But, you know, I'm, I was too busy on my focusing on myself. And so it's almost like that pride builds up to being humble again. Like he, he felt one way like, yo, I'm the best. And then that was the humbling moment where it's like, damn. 
Um, like I wasn't there. Like I did all this, and what does it mean if I couldn't help somebody out or something? I, I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely um, a great, a great response in, in reference to where he's referring to when he says there, because yes, we've been talking about like the the religious the religious themes, but uh, Kendrick is constantly refers to Compton, um, constantly goes back to Compton. Um, you know, I don't right. do it for the gram. I do it for Compton. Like he literally is like all of these albums are for, you know, Com- for Compton. his yeah, Compton. He loves. And it's almost like the city is a, a person or a personified embodiment of everything he's come from because, you know, he, he's um, yeah, he's always mentioned Compton like heavily throughout all of his albums. Every single piece of music he's practically been involved with. It's, you know, some sort of message to Compton from Compton. Um yeah, so, and he, it always seems like it's personified. Like, you know, Compton's um, Compton made me an angel on Angel Dust, or um, you know, I, I can't think of any damn lines. I'm retarded. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I also really like the line. I put my faith in these lyrics, hoping I make amend because um, he says that in a, he says that in a couple of songs where he's basically just saying like these these lyrics are like my lifeline. These lyrics are how I kind of communicate um all of these feelings to, or how yeah. i or, or like to make a man like c- a confession in a sense like um that's that's exactly what this is in, in the religious sense anyway mm, okay um, and he also uh, has referenced himself as like his music as like a sermon so like actually going to church which was really interesting too nice he said which transitions later. nicely into humble also on that note in terms of the transitioning, just going back to that idea of like uh, the kind of like the jarring beats next to each other. So you have pride, yeah. this really haunting, slow, eerie. Um, I don't even know how you describe beat, but then it's you really, then yeah. you get the really like in your face humble, uh, which is Kendrick not being humble at all. So your thoughts. Um. Yeah, it's so weird because when well, when I first heard the song, uh, it was like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Um, And then in the context of the album, it takes on an entirely different uh, meaning. Like outside the album, it's you know, it sounds like, all right, it's something for his contemporaries, for his peoples. Like, you know, you're talking to, you know, Drake or whoever, whoever you want to make it about. He could be like, yeah, yeah, you know. Be humble. Y'all talking all this hot shit, but, you know, sit down like I'm the best. And in the context of the album, it definitely takes on a different meaning where it's, you know, the well, in the video, he says, wicked weakness. You got to see this. Right. And then the album intro is that nobody prayed for me. It's been that day for me. Right. Uh, and I think the way it fits into the album is. uh you know, he he almost like that. The previous thing do, doesn't matter anymore. You know, he he was like, um, you know, he he thought he had gotten humbled or in a way where his pride. You know, he he got to the root of okay. You know, I'm a prideful individual because you know I, I think I'm the best rapper. But you know, an experience changed him, or you know, he's almost like a 
there's something in the back of his mind, like he's overcompensating almost. And then this comes and it's almost like a, nah, I'm just playing. This is how I really feel. Um, there's a quote that I'm trying to look for in regards to the, to, to being too proud and being humble that are in the Bible that are, it's, it's a, it's a contradiction that this, this song would be a contradiction to that quote. If I find it, I'll, I'll reference it later. But yeah, I think this one is just Kendrick just bragging. Like Like, this is just, just like, we're getting, we're getting the previous Kendrick talking about, you know, how he knows he's never going to be perfect and he does still kind of quote lust. We'll get there over, Mm. um, these material things. And then you're literally getting Kendrick saying like, Hey, I remember when I didn't have this, this, that, and the third, and now I have ABC, et cetera. And literally just listing everything that he has, whether it's material things or Obama texting him, like he, he's literally kind of just throwing it in your face. Um, like the, the, the pedestal <laughs> the pedestal he's basically on right that funk part i don't know why it's funny just because the way he says it if oh, i put oh. you be in my still by mercedes funk <laughs> yeah um so humble's great i think humble is like the song you'll hear in like the club basically. yeah no yeah yeah and it was weird because somebody's like, oh, Kendrick don't really make club hits. I'm like, I don't know. I'd black out if I heard DNA in the club. DNA, Humble, I'm Element. sorry. Element, you could hit a, 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 a your your light-skinned Dougie to that. Absolutely. Uh, and On to Pimp a Butterfly, All Right, and uh, King Kunta are like, to me, I would dance to those. I dance to them in my room all the time. So. Um, oh, man, my cousin could do that step. Well, I mean, he's from the, Cali. The King Kunta step? <laughs> but no, I'm. that's a thing. It's not from No, I know. He, and he, I'm like, I'm like, what is that? And I'm laughing because I'm like, yo, what is that? And I'm like, I, I see Russ dude in the club dancing to some YG. And I'm like, yo, that's a thing they do. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. There's not no name for it. They just be doing that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, he referenced It's like, yo, we don't really know how to dance, but I'm going I'm to hit this step. So getting into Lust, which is the next song, um, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory as well. Uh, yes. It's really just Kendrick, you know, talking about the the, the things you of... lust over in life or just more temptation, basically. Um, and uh, my favorite line in the song was um, reverting back to our daily program, Stuck in Our Ways, which I think we've touched on and we're going to continue to touch on as we go through the um the track. So if we, if it seems like we're being a little repetitive, it's just because we're there's we're repetitive much, themes throughout, exactly. and we're you know we're just kind of trying to tie in the uh, the running themes throughout this. Exactly. So that line in particular, um, being stuck in your own way, like you know, it's it's like we said before, you can try to be better, but there's always going to be that you know thought or that temptation, or that lust, or that sin that's going to bring you a step backwards. Um, And I think, just like I said, uh, that entrapment of, like, always taking two steps forward and then taking a step back, um, I think think that's a theme in this song. Um, This is also one of my favorite songs on the the album. Something Something about the beat, something about the flow. 
It's a, yo, it's, oh man, it's that bad, bad, not good production with some K2 touches. I don't know. It's fire. I don't even know what you just said, but okay. I said, yo, that bad, bad, not good production. That's a, the name of the band that produced it. Oh, okay. Because I was like, huh? They're called Bad, Bad, and then Katra, Katranada. Katranada is another really good producer. Makes a lot of like, I don't know, funk sounding stuff. I'm pretty sure I showed you some stuff. A lot of, he's getting really, really popular now, but yeah, it like it's it's a really bugged out song, but it's it's beautiful. It's it's hauntingly beautiful. But um, As, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that, and um, this is like the most uh, because of the theme of it. It's like the most materialistic and the most, I guess, in terms of lyrics, um, the most straightforward almost. Yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Where it's just yeah, yeah, it's it's really straightforward and like uh, even you know the the verses are just like you know him talking about you know shit that's trivial, like uh, very, very. bet on your favorite team plays a Madden, <laughs> stun on your baby mama, like you know it's trivial things and those things that you 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 know most people lust after because it's you know it's i guess you know things that you shouldn't be concerned with but all, so many people are i also think like that first verse is, is kind of like also kind of like a callback to like maybe some of his friends from Compton like some of the things they're doing um and like just saying like listen whatever you're doing just make it count um i think is also kind of like a callback to like hey i i got out of my way uh, or I got out of Compton, but for whoever's there, like whatever you're doing, like make it count. Um, but the one uh, question I had about this track was the, you know, that little, I guess it's a sample from some British person. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot the name of the song. Um, what, what are oh, the, his the lines? Yeah. Yeah. I always like wondered, um, what that, what, why that sample? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's more on. I think that's one of the things that I don't think was that predicated, um, because. Oh, oh, I, the, the the person is Rat Boy. Oh, okay. And um, he tweeted out on April fourteenth. I'm on the new Kendrick album. That's that's mad. One of my favorite artists. What a compliment! Damn. <laughs> um. I want to say, yeah, that it was uh, uh, like the production producers and engineers. Well, yeah, though that guy's choices, those people's choices to, you know, incorporate that. I don't I don't uh, I don't really see how it incorporates into the song. So I don't want to. You yeah, know, well, that's why out. that's why I was curious about that particular choice. I think the chorus is great. Um, yeah. We do want to sing with them. I stay singing that. Like, and they don't rush my favorite thing. Like but I think junkie. in terms of lust, I, I think, like, he mentions a few different kinds of, um... Let me put a head <laughs> I think it's just touching on a bunch of different lusts. Lust. Like, obviously, heartbeat racing like a junkie isn't maybe, like, a direct, um, you know, comparison. Right. But if you're looking at it literally, you can, you can look at, like, the lust, uh, you know, a junkie might have or your you know, the more literal yeah. one that he's talking about, like you have sexual lusts, you have lusts right. over fame, lusts over money. Ooh, I don't want um, more than that. And then I also really love the second verse like when we do have the, um, the, the Trump, uh, election. That, that part of the song is so good. Uh, it's like, uh, 
it's just the I've never I don't want to say never, but I just really like how it was, you know, it sums up how most people felt about it, but in just such a really, really cool way, you know, open election wasn't true. All of us worried, all of us buried in our feelings deep. None of us married to his proposal, make us feel cheap. Still sad and distraught, distraught and mad. Tell the neighbor about it. Bet they agree. Parade the streets with your voice proudly. Then time passing, things change, averting back to our daily programs. Well, I think it was a great way to tie in feelings about current social uh, issues while also kind of demonstrating that that feeling of wanting there to be change, but then going like exactly like he says like going back to your old ways and kind of just forgetting about it like whether that's changing the world whether that's a changing yourself um so that was pretty dope like that's but that's why i think kendrick is just so um phenomenal because you're getting just so much content like you're getting so so many different themes you're getting so many different subject matters like you're getting kendrick as an artist you're getting kendrick as a person you're getting um social issues in Kendrick's particular case. Um, you know, you're getting black lives matters issues. You're getting this, you're getting that. There's just so much covered, um, in, in just in in a beautiful lyrical, you know, Mm -hmm. either like ballad or like just hard rap track. It's, it's, it's pretty great. But also in the, in the second, um, in the bridge rather not the chorus um you're you're getting him talking like you know lately i feel like i've been lusting over the fame um lately it's all contradiction i'm not here i lust over self lust turns into fear lately in james 4 4 says friend of the world is enemy of the lord um so with that you're basically getting why everybody got to come down a block when I record? This I was just about podcast, to say, like, bro. I didn't realize Fast and the Furious was be, was being recorded on your block. Right, like, yo, <laughs> I, I'm on a small block. Why are trucks coming down my block, dude? But <sighs> continue. Um, so, friends of the world is enemy of the Lord is basically like you can't. Well, my interpretation of that anyway is is the to me the world is made up of a lot of man made. Um, mm. Kind Did of. you see that uh, update? That what notification. Up, what update? My phone uh, is not near me. Oh, forget it. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to that. I'm sure it was something sports related. Yeah, um, that's why I didn't say. Any, I didn't want to say what I, you know, yeah. I don't know what you could say. <laughs> <laughs> that's really really funny. I um, feel like you work for the freaking FBI. I don't I know do. what you can I say and what I you had, can't say. I so. have inside information. You know, now. let me stop. A uh, team beat another team to go three uh, two in the series. The Wizards? Yeah. I know. I watched the game. Oh. <laughs> okay. I can I say didn't... what's obvious. All right. Sorry. Listen, I'm just going to get you a protected job. Anyway, so On continue. that note, um, <laughs> after lust comes... We go, since we love the NBA. Love. <laughs> uh, uh, see, love, wow. is, love is my least favorite. Honestly, yeah, I think you agree with me, which is crazy because I had a few people at work talking about love is the best song on the album. Like if you really think love is the best song on the album, lyrically, you did not listen to this album in my in my personal opinion. You can right. like it for the way that it sounds. But it again, it could be your favorite, but it's not the best at, at not even slightly. Mm. Um, uh, but I, yeah, so I feel like this is like obviously the complete opposite to uh, um lust and it almost sounds like love you know I'm, I'm dedicating you know my time to one woman you know I'm, I'm getting rid of all of that and i'm doing what you know trying to be a loyal individual 
I mean, and it really could be about uh, his actual fiance. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, uh, why why not, you know? What's her name? Whitney something? I think so. She's a light-skinned Joan. Jont. Why, 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 why you have to say that? Why she had to be light-skinned? Why was that even a point of mention? I don't know. Damn. I was just asking. After description. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's the next one? Since we that was such that was a really good description of the song, by the way. <laughs> Wait, what? I said that was a really good description of the song, by the way. What was a good description? <laughs> of love. We were just like, yeah, yeah, it's probably about his fiance. Okay. <laughs> well, because it, it's just like, I don't have much to say. No, about it's a pretty. It. It's like the, it, honestly, I think this is the most straightforward song. It doesn't really delve so much into multi. I want to be with you. Yeah, I want to. Right, right. It, it just it, it didn't feel right because I was like, whoa, Kendrick love songs. So this doesn't feel quite. I mean, right. good for him though, you know. No, no, no. Uh, of course, of course. And I think like, um, if we're going through all the emotions that you go through on a daily basis, obviously, um, love is one of them. So, and I think love kind of ties in with loyalty as well. Um, right. So. Moving on from that is another song that's been growing on me, like, by the minute. Triple uh, X. Johnny don't want to go to school no more. I, I don't know what it is about this. Oh, actually, no. I do know what it is. It's that 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 NWA feel I get from it. Or it's the later half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, the second I heard it, I was like, well, this has this definitely has some type of NWA influence. Um... um I do like the first verse, but I I I absolutely like the the second verse second way verse better. Most. You know, the just hail Mary, Jesus and Joseph. The great American flag is wrapped in drag with explosives. Like now, you're just getting like straight poetry once again. Yeah. Um I like this. Um, uh, I think this is almost again that running theme. But this is, I'd say, this is probably the most. Um, uh, how, how do I describe it? I guess this is the most grandiose theme on the album where it's it's not so much as it being personal as it being about, you know, real social issues. Because um, it's, you know, the whole thing, I'll ship a nigga a little bit of nothing. And then how he's talking about, you know, somebody, his friend is asking him about his son. Like, his, he don't want to go, he don't think books is cool. Don't want to go to school. He want to be a rapper like his big cousin. Um, killed somebody, or uh, yeah, I want to call a body. Yeah, killed somebody, and then his, you know, his friends calling him, and then he's just like, uh, pretty much saying like, look, um, if somebody touched, you know, look, if somebody did that to my kid, I, I'm they getting they getting killed either way, and then still in that interlude when he's like, all right, kids, we're gonna talk about gun control. Pray for me. Like it's almost like a. You know, like that duality again, but it's almost, you know, it's such a, a wide theme or a much larger theme or issue in this particular song. Yeah, I think um, like um, when we were giving our general feelings about it and I was saying, you know, Kendrick specifically said he crafts, he believes that rappers should take um, very specific care about their lyrics and, and, and that craft because, um, you know, rap is very influential especially to you know kids that are listening to it and i think this is just kind of like a call to them um and specifically this character johnny um who is 
I guess, kind of growing up in whatever kind of environment where he doesn't want to go to school, like you said, he wants to be a rapper like his big cousin. So he's basically kind of taking on all these qualities of of the environment around him. And I think, you know, the beginning, the intro, you know, America, God bless you if it's good to you. You know, there are some people that are lucky and that don't grow up in that kind of environment or are lucky and are able to get out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, Johnny doesn't. Um, and it's 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 also like that that contradiction thing he does because, you know, he's kind of trying to influence this little boy to not be involved in that kind of violence. Right. But um, then that first verse is before he says that, I'll chip a nigga a little bit of nothing. Pretty much y'all kill somebody. Then throw the gun on him and pretty much so I'm gonna walk myself to the court. Like, yeah, I killed him. What's good? Exactly, exactly. So it's that um and then matter of fact, I'm about to speak at this convention, so we're back to trying to dissuade them from doing so. Right, um, but I again, yeah, like it's the, the most hypocritical of him that but that's the whole point of the album, how hypocritical he is in a lot of facets. Exactly. But this one being, you know, not the, so not so much is tied into the religion and then um after the uh, that that second verse, or after bon, uh, Bono starts singing, then it gets really, really large about like the whole thing of gun control and a right. whole bunch and, of problems in America it, in general. Exactly. So I think it just kind of goes back to the intro, and um, it, this is really like really deep political social stuff going on Commentary. in this song. Um, but you know what it reminds me of? This is going to be so weird. Um, Damn, I was in the play, uh, in part of the play in high school. Um, damn. Okay, you know which one I'm talking about. It, it's the song, it's the play with the song Aquarius in it. Um. Yeah, I don't remember the name. Oh, but it's, it's. do you remember the one, like, Julian starred in it, and at the end he dies, and, like, they wrap him in the American flag and, like, raise him in the air? Yeah. That That's what yeah. the song reminds me of. That's visually anyway it's weird (laughs) but again this has like really poignant lines that just sum up so many feelings like then roll the dice then bet us up you overnight the big rifles then tell fox to be scared of us like that's a really big or that's a really concise summary of yeah you don't like people of color so this is what you do uh you want us to you know well, exactly. You it's tell, murder yeah, on my you street, know, your street, back streets, Wall right. Street, it's, it's, corporate exactly. offices. So basically, it's it's really just touching on just like the like just kind of corrupt um, All right. th- themes you within know, America. Perpetu- like- you're, you're perpetuating racism and want to say we're the real villains, and yet you guys are the ones that are. You or know, or how about just done. the simple fact that. You know, there are people in prison for not. I'm not condoning anything, like, but you have people in prison for you know, like selling marijuana but what about the the criminals on wall street you know right you know um, your just priorities are exactly Sim- simple themes like that that are really not that simple that are really just you know but just just how lightly he touches upon it in so few words but it's you know it's it's a boom it's a as you know this is probably like the best example of curating your words to such a good extent where it's this is the best concise summary of a massive problem and it's, you know, just him rambling his thoughts as always, like, you know, I, I'm dealing with this hypocrisy and yet, you know, is it just me or is it 
are, you know, America in general just being hypocrite, you know, hypocritical. And I think that's like what it, it comes down to. Or that's how I feel the song. It's just like, yeah, it sounds like it's just him. And then he's like, nah, he ends the song with America's reflections of me. That's what Amir does. Like, nah, I, I ended up, you know, that this is just how it is. Exactly. Exactly. So say in, in that regard, then I don't actually think the first verse um, of him being hypocritical is out of place. Right. At all, actually. It's, no, no, it's, no. it's kind of a perfect setup. Right. It's yeah. You think I'm just hypocritical and it's like, nah, American general has always been like this. So am I a product of that or, you know, can I blame these people or am I, you know, I'm a product of what, you know, this hypocrisy already is. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I'm coming around on this song a little more, too. Uh, this one is like the really fear is really good, but it's just so heavy to listen to. That I can't. I really just, I'm like, oh, this is, it's a tough song to listen to. It's tough, but I don't find it as tough as fear. I mean, not fear, pride. I'm sorry. Um, oh, yeah. I, I get to. I think it's just because this one's also longer, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you have the voicemail from mm -hmm. his cousin Carl in the beginning, um, which, again, you're getting the direct reference to Deuteronomy. Um. And my favorite is the the bridge in this song, which the second I heard it, I, I forgot where we were. We were sitting or we were on the phone, whatever. I was on my way to see you, matter of fact. And, I'm, and, uh, and this is when like I was really going in with all the biblical references. And I'm like, oh, my God. And this means this. And, and, and the Bible says this. And this is that. And the third. Um, the first lines of the bridge are, why God? Why God? Do I got to suffer? And when Jesus is being crucified, the first thing that he says um, you know, he looks up to God and he says, um, damn, what's the line? It's Lema Sabachthani, which is, uh, why have you forsaken me? Um, you know, pain in my heart, carry burdens full of struggle. Why God do I got to bleed? So this is, this is literally like the, the lyrical representation of the, the crucifixion. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that, that, that reverse part is really creepy. It's, <laughs> but it's, anything in reverse is creepy. Um, yeah. But I think, and also when you hear things in reverse, I automatically make um, a connection to the devil. Hmm. Um, I I mean, I do. I don't know about you, but. Nah, it just creeps me the hell out. It, <laughs> no, because like there's so many. Well, I get, I think that connection has always been because. Uh, were rock songs back in the day when, you know, crazy conservative people thought rock was the music of the devil. They always thought there was like subliminal messages rock, in music is, being no, reversed. So, all right, cool out, yo. <laughs> and so they always thought that, you know, like. Nah, uh, I'm, I don't care what you say. That hard metal rock where like they're just screaming and it sounds like they're reaching parts of their vocal cords that should not really be reached by any kind surprised. of human. Uh, don't Look. try me. No, 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 I'm saying, yo, I, I listen to everything. You'd be surprised at what they're actually saying is like about as political as Triple X, if we're being Bruh. honest. Like certain Bruh. songs. Have I'm not saying seen, all those have songs. Have you ever seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Bro, but you don't listen to the music. I listen to the music. I'm telling you. they're tapping into some vocals that shouldn't be tapped into. That's all I'm saying. They ain't channeling no devil energy, man. Yo, they just expressing the high, the, the most sure. ridiculous form sure. of anger. Sure. So – 
Listen, there's a song, and it's look. There's tons of songs like System of a Down. They make a really good song. Sometimes they're getting a little into the screaming, not too too much, but yo, they're just as the, the song BYOB. You think it mean bring your own bottles? Is bring your own bombs? They talk about how you know hypocritical we bomb in other countries. I'm like, damn, this is a good song. Or as bad, you know, there's a lot of metal that's actually really political and really tries to dig into like a message. But they just are screaming it, so no one I, really I pays attention. I try to be attention. as open-minded as I can, but I prefer not to listen look, to people I, screaming That's fair. Ear. No, 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 that's fair. So, I mean, look, sometimes you just go and, you know, you just you just got to listen to it because there's not much else to listen to at the moment. You're just feeling like I got to listen to somebody scream because uh, I can't scream. Um, um, wow. But, yeah, so I think that's why it's, it sounds – well, that's why it sounds creepy to me. Because I just – I don't – well, also, I don't think we're ever supposed to hear stuff reverse. It, it just doesn't make sense to us. We can't, like – wrap our heads around it so it's also kind of creepy like that no absolutely um but uh this song in particular uh he's talking about you know his wealth Mm -hmm. um i think verse three is probably Mm -hmm. the most important to the song um yeah we're getting the line Ah, all this money is god playing a joke on me is it for the moment and will he see me as job job being um you know, a person of wealth in the Bible whom God tests. Um, mm. And, you know, again, just withstanding those tests and I, from God, like it's, it's like a test to who do you put for, who do you put first? Do you put your wealth first or do you put, you know, do you put God first? And there's plenty of that in the Bible in terms of like mm-hmm. God testing people to, to kind of prove their, their loyalty. Rihanna's also mentioned in this, by the way. So I was curious about that. But, oh, cause he called out like his, his, his like her account. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. But I think, and I, was like, oh, I think great. the fact that we're also getting, like I said, that lyrical representation of the, the crucifix, I think um, in that moment too, God, God tests Jesus and, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus asks, can, can you take this, this burden from me? Um, so I just, I, I just love how all of that is tied in to each other. Like I'm obviously I'm Catholic. And so, regardless of how you feel about it, like the story itself is, is pretty fantastic. So, um, I personally really love all of the, the religious themes and references. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one's, it's great. Like you said, it's, he's just, he's scared to is... go back to, right to where he lived and with his mom stressing and, and it's relatable too, because obviously like, yeah, you know, you might be tested in life, but can would anybody blame you if you if you really chose your wealth over you know some a, a mm-hmm. being that you can't really see that you have to completely um put your put faith your in faith and into. you have no idea if it's going to be rewarded exactly um, um and then i'm sorry go ahead oh uh, no you can finish your train of thought no and then, you're right i for, actually really forgot how long the song was um, mm-hmm. Because then in, in verse four, you're getting every single, almost every single um, track name. Um, yeah, you know, loyalty, I'm talking pride, fear of DNA, losing loyalty, God, pride. Yeah, DNA, God, humble, humble love. Um, you're getting wickedness or weakness um, back in it. Uh, you're getting the line, what happens on earth stays on earth um, once again. Um, and I, he, he, it's just like the most... Uh, Almost like breaking a fourth wall in the album because he's like within 14 tracks carried out was, over wax. I was literally just about to to reference that line and um, 
I think um, in that uh, specific line and onward, once again, he's just saying, I'm kind of just putting all of my feelings into these lyrics um, because I can't take them with me. So, you know what, let me, um, let me give right. them to people. Let me get, exactly. And maybe that'll relieve me of that when I pass, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy how it all builds up to that. So like verse one is him. I, I'm assuming it's him at a young age because it sounds like it's his mother talking. Well, yeah, it says um, yeah. towards the end. What is it? Um, uh, oh, yeah. Seven year old, seven years old. You think you run this house by yourself? Yeah. yeah, Something yeah. like that. Like it's it's like that to me. That was kind of funny because I'm like, OK, when you're seven years old, hell yeah, you're going to be afraid of your mom beating your ass. And it's kind of cool how it builds to that. Like it's that. And then. Then you're you're After, also getting the repetition in the in the second verse. Right. Well, you're getting in repetition the, in all of that. In um, all of them, yeah. I got or I beat you know I beat yeah. your ass. Then verse <laughs> two is I'll probably die. Right, um, and it's cool because it's uh, that's obviously your fear mm-hmm. as a small child, and it's cool because it builds to that. So at a young, how fear evolves. You know, fear never really goes away. You just it transforms into something. You might not, you know, I could be afraid of spiders as a kid. Now that fear has changed into uh, it's not a spider I was afraid of. I was f- afraid of uh, me not being able to control when I die or something. I don't want to, you know, put my life into something else's hands and not be able to, you know, something a- a- as crazy as that. And then, you know, the second verse is just, you know, how his fear evolves from that to, you know, the things he did at 17, which was he wasn't really going to school. He was out gangbanging, doing whatever. Like, all right, look, now I'm afraid of am I going to die in these streets? Then later it turning to, you know, when I'm, I'm you know, being a hungry star, am I going to am I going to lose it? Am I going to lose all this that I've tried to build? And then it's, some um, uh, you know, what is it? What's the uh, short version of summary? Summit? 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 Sure. I don't know. Summarize into, you know, where he is now that like, look, it, it, now it's like the fear of when I die, what happens? Almost like, yeah, when I die, what happens? Like, look, I'm trying to do what I can here on this earth. But does will it really matter or, you know, or, or I mean, yeah. Yeah. I also, the, uh, the outro, um, you know, the, the continuation of the voicemail um, from verse one, you know, it's talk, like you said, it's talking about his mother punishing him. And then you're getting like that transition um, or just kind of, again, that callback to just being punished um by God. Actually, I need to look a little more into that, into this mm-hmm. um, outro because of, you know, you know, punish us, the so-called, I don't, and I don't know why it says the so-called blacks, Hispanics, and Native American Indians are the true, the true children of Israel. Um, that's all really interesting. But um, like to, to tie all, the entire song together, it is really long. So I actually do like that the voicemail kind of really just explains everything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Carl says, so just like you chasten your own son, he's going to chastise you because he loves you like a parent would. That's, that's what God's doing. That's what God did, um, for, for Jesus. Um, so that's why we get chastised. That's why we're in the position we're in until we come back to these laws, statutes and commandments and do what the Lord said, these curses are going to be upon us. So again, like that, the voicemail is just like, really Mm -hmm. just bringing everything full circle and and we're you know we're back to just this kind of overwhelming religious uh theme and then right after that we get damn what do we get after fear god thank you that's what god feels like i 
I don't know why. This is like one of the songs I listen to least. But I think the last time we spoke about it, we were just saying like, okay, we're back to um, Wicked Kendrick, just kind of like comparing himself to to God. And he's straight up saying like, yo, my verses come from angels. Like pretty much like, yo, I worked hard. Or like, you know what? F all that fear. I worked mad hard. You know, I'm making mad bread. It's probably what God feel like anyways. Yeah, this is this one is just um bragging. We're back to bragging. Right. I just love the uh the work at JT. Oh yeah. Um, I was like, wow. I haven't seen that movie in Mad Long though. What do you how do you um, feel about the song? Like, do you listen to it a lot? Um not really. Not because it's bad. Um this is like such a like like I don't know really positive sounding song, and it just like almost it took me out, not in a bad way, but I was just you know so like you know like damn just sitting there after fear like oh shit now I gotta right, control my right. own fears. Right, right. You're back to, you're back to this, doing? but you're back to this upbeat um in your face uh, song that I'm waiting until uh probably Saturday because Saturday is supposed to be really nice. I'll probably bump this song like all day because it'll be mad beautiful, the sun shine, and I'll probably feel rain. like. On Saturday? Yeah. I heard Saturday is supposed to be really nice in 82. 84 in thunderstorms. Oh, let me see. Weather change. Oh. So just, just play, no, no, no. Right now I'm seeing Saturday, 82 and party cloud, partly cloudy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No sun. <laughs> um, All right, I'll wait till Wednesday then. It says Wednesday, May 3rd, 70, mostly sunny. So then we're at the final track. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I was going to say um, it's weird because uh, – Oh, what was I gonna say? Um, it's almost uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I, I don't know. Do you do you remember like how much do you remember how much a dollar cost? I know the song. Um, if you did you like really intensely listen to that? Because if you realize the last verse in that is that the homeless man is God. Damn! Now I gotta pull up these lyrics. <laughs> Because I remember, because the, the line that sticks out to me is he's uh, he says, my son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Yes, 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 yes. I just so it like two days ago. it's almost like he ain't giving a shit about that whole, you know, that revelation, if that is still a part of this character. Because that song was more about, like, uh... Dude, I have to, like, I feel like one day, like, I want to do, like, like you know how like you view um sequels and trilogies in a day yeah like i want to just listen to these albums back back to back to back because in this song like i i completely kind of dismissed this in my head for a minute you're Mm -hmm. you're you're getting really that same like you said that same really religious like um talking to god um you know just asking for forgiveness Mm -hmm. type like it, it kendrick What's amazing to me is just how similar in in subject these two albums are, but just how different they are. Like it's crazy. In presentation. And and, and when we talk about you know I'm so, oh God I'm sorry when we talk about people who rap about the same things, I'm not gonna name drop and and not being able to present them in different and interesting ways. Like this is this is <clears throat> I think this is why we hold. Kendrick in such a high regard because right 
I'm, I'm, I'm really listening to him talk, kind of talk about the same exact things, but I'm getting them in such completely different ways. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, uh, Duckworth. Yeah. Um, if, if we're going to talk about people who can storytell and maybe not through an entire album, because this is less, I think damn is less of a story and more of Again, I'm going to use the word confession. Of, oh, I thought you were going to say stream of well, consciousness. Well, stream of consciousness as well. Yeah, like it's literally just yeah. him talking, really, just kind of just yeah. putting his feelings on the table there. But Duckworth is a is an incredible story. Um, yeah. Um, I don't really see. I'm going to mention um the audio version of uh, melatonin. Yeah, I didn't name drop. You just did it. The audio version of melatonin. Me- but, melatonin music. Uh, m- 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 yeah, let me stop. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is like prime storytelling here. So, like, I, I just, I, I just can't believe, you know, why other people say he's not good at storytelling or why people prefer other storytelling. But this is probably the song that does not follow the rest of the album. Um, well, but I think it's actually oddly um, well placed because no, it definitely is, and I'm not saying it, it. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit that scheme that we referred to earlier. Oh no, not at all. But it's but it's it's cool because it was um uh I guess it's almost like a despite all this, this is just something that's really important. Well, I think it, I, to, to me it has more to do with um. I think it has more to do with the fact that, like, we're getting this entire um, kind of sermon on an album, and had this situation that happened in Duckworth happened, we may not have gotten um, all of this this album because, like you said, in in um, in Fear, when he mentions the fourteen tracks. Um, and kind of breaks that fourth wall. Now, now, when you get to Duckworth, you're kind of sitting there thinking, like, "Damn, yo, had this happened, we may never have gotten this album." Right. Like, and it's just, it's really, really cool. And it also, it's, it's really an interesting. Um, like, if you have this track, if you have this album on repeat, and you hear the, um, the gunshot at the end, and then mm-hmm. you go right to the gunshot in the beginning. Um, it's just, I don't, like I said, I don't want to go as far as to reach, um, towards that theory that like, yeah, if you play it backwards, then this, and if you play it forward, it means this, like, I don't want to reach, like, I'm not about to sit here and kind of pull Mm -hmm. apart that theory, but it is, it it is something to think about. And I think it does kind of leave room open for interpretation, which I have no problem with. If you come up with your own theory, I'm probably going to sit there and be like, damn, yo, that's really smart. Like, how did you come to that conclusion? Because like I said, poetry is, is, is open for many interpretations. Mm -hmm. And I, I think at the end of the day too, you can never know exactly what the artist, what their intentions were. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like prime storytelling and like, it's really crazy. And oh, so I listened to that. I was watching some of the Zane Lowe interview and he talks about this. He said, and that him and his father and, um, top dog met again after Mm. and cut, but he was saying how, um, 
he didn't know like that was top dog. He was like that, you know, the, obviously him and like dudes in the industry know him as a top dog, but not obviously his dad wouldn't. So mm-hmm. when he he took his dad with him one time to the studio, and when he seen him, he was like, oh, shit. And they were just laughing. And they were just like, yo, this is crazy. Like, they were just laughing for mad long. And he's like, yeah, every time they see each other, they just talk about that shit. That's funny. But Because um, that's what I wondered after. I'm like, damn, so do they know? Like, did they know that? Because he, he, like, I think he... Um, Unlike unless his dad told him, but the obvious, they must have, he must have obviously told him after that story. Because how else would you know? I'm looking at the the intro. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was always me why, versus the world why, 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 until I found it's me versus me. Mm-hmm. Like those intros are so important to me, and I just I kind of like to figure them out. But then also the outro you're getting. So I was taking a walk the other day. In reverse. I was taking a walk the other day. And like, I like how it really reverses through almost every song. Right, but like, see, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, that theory might be a reach, but because it ends that way, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's not such a reach. I don't know, but I mm-hmm. just like, like I said, I've it's two weeks later. I've listened to it on repeat almost every day, and I'm still sitting here reading lyrics and still trying to pull them apart and still coming up with different interpretations so i I, yeah but i also like coming back to duckworth and just like the story i think it's also just kind of a good story um to tie into that theme of like you know calling back to to growing up in compton and how kendrick got out um and like just painting that picture of like hey if this happens and this happens you know you're like, what is, like, I think it's basically just like, hey, like, what do you want your end story to be? You know? Mm. Like, what what do you want out of your life? Um, and this is something that Kendrick didn't have control over. Right. But now that he has control over his life, like, hey, what do you want it to be? Um, and then if we're going back to blood, what do you want it to be, you know? Do you... Now that now that Kendrick has gotten to a point where he does have control over it, and this Duckworth and Top Dog thing is is over with, and and Kendrick is the the person that he is now, are are you going to kind of are are you going to be weak and fall into the and fall into all the lust and all the sins that come with this life that mm-hmm. not necessarily just his his life or or the life that's in Compton or or wherever you know what wherever wherever you live. Um, whatever kind of environment you're in, are you going to fall? Are you going to fall weak to that and then just fall into that kind of life? Or are you going to make something out of it? Um, so I think it was a good way to wrap it up. Yes. And um, I remember, I think I want to say it was last year. They had a, because uh, um, TDE uses mostly in-house guys like Soundwave. Um, Dahi's not really in-house. But Soundwave and a few other guys that like, Kendrick always works with that's usually why Kendrick has like a similar sound because it gets like the same people mostly. Soundwaves produce like I want to say like 70 75 percent of Kendrick's tracks. Um, he was they, they it was him they were talking like all the TDE guys like mixed by Lee. Um, like almost everything is in house like the producers, engineers, executive producers. Like he'll, even if he gets other people, those people that he still has are always involved with it. But he was saying how um like to them um 
the album is only half the job. Like the whole, the biggest thing is making it cohesive. Like how much time they spend taking out songs because they really wanted to make a perfect circle. Like every album almost has like a cyclical nature to it. Like Good Kid, Mad City was the tape. And even though fear, I mean, not fear, real, um, is it real like the real end of the album? But there is Compton and Compton does start. Uh, if you listen to the end of Compton, he says, Mama, uh, um, Mama, I'm take the van, be right back 15 minutes. And then the start is Shireen, where he's taking the van to go see Shireen. So it could be that's the start. And then or real at the end of real, it's uh, the tape fast forwarding. Almost, but like almost like how this one's rewinding and the tape fast forwards in that one, um, and then into Pimple Butterfly, the whole motif is that poem that ends up being Immortal Man, where he's just like, um, right, absolutely. I remember you was conflicted, blah absolutely. blah blah, and then yeah. Well, um, I th- cohesion is incredibly important, and um, I think so anyway. I like the cohesive album. Um, like if we, you know, if we're gonna go and talk about like Drake or somebody. That's why I personally think nothing was the same as his best album, just based off the it's cohesion. it's crazy. Yeah. It, um, it means so much to me because no, a- that absolutely. to me, even though you can call it an album, I won't feel like it's an album without a certain level of cohesion. And now exactly. there's a lot of people who craft a lot of work into their mixtapes or, e- mix or EPs. And even then, like there's, there's very few times where I'm like, okay, these songs might not have a main theme, but this is still a, a damn good album. But for the most part, it's really cohesion to me that separates like a really good project to a really great album. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree. And I think Kendrick has really, um, or is working on really just perfecting that craft of cohesion right. and because there's not a lot of people storylines and but that's why I, I just. As an overall artist, mm-hmm. nobody can touch Kendrick. I'm sorry. Nope. Not, not In even. terms of crafting projects, it's crazy because but I'm saying, there's but a not, lot of people who have cohesion, but it's the fact that he structures it literally track by track. Like, this is yeah. how the order is going yeah. to go. But in terms of – because, like, I, I was never a big fan of intros on songs. Like, I'm not – I don't really like intros too much. And, and But with him, like, his, his intros are so strategic – um, mm-hmm. Whether it's I remember you know you was conflicted on *Spin Butterfly* or in this one, um, there's a bunch of different intros, but they're all they all serve a right. purpose. Right. The most one of the main thing is you know what happens on Earth stays on Earth. Yeah. Kinda. Like, but like they all serve a very particular purpose. Right. And um, but I just mean like overall as an artist, like whether it's crafting an album, whether it's um, you know Kendrick in a cipher, uh, you know just off the dome, like he's just he's untouchable right now i'm sorry there's nobody Mm -hmm. out right now in kendrick's lane fair enough not cole either let's i don't even want it just no (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to say it because i'm tired of these people telling me that it's ridiculous all right so real quick it's ridiculous your top three songs i am it's blasphemy sorry had to do my best. Stay off the The weed. weed. No, seriously. Like, it's ridiculous. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yo, let's talk about how my man still has a job in the ESPN and Ethan Strauss got fired. Who? What are we talking about right now? ESPN laid off like 100 people today. Oh, okay. And I was just saying, um, that's crazy how my man still has a job and other people got fired. And ESPN, and you know, you don't really say anything of value. Well, he's making three million dollars a year. 
Anyway, um, um, so top three songs right now. Oh man, that's so hard because the last time we spoke about this, I had it like, I had, I had them, and now I don't. Um, all right, hold on. You give yours first. I have to think. <laughs> it's feel. Feel oh, is number one by okay. the widest of margins because yo Kendrick over minimalist beats is the best possible thing I can hear. It makes zero sense why he makes anything sound good. I'm telling you, next he's going to rap over the human music from Rick and Morty. And I know that's a very, very obscure reference. But in the show, there it's I don't want to explain the whole thing, but they're in a simulation, right? And it's they he, they the, the aliens put it to like 5% power. So everything's really dumb. But the whole thing is that the dad in the show is really dumb. So he turns on the radio and they're like, uh, this is Earth Radio with human music. And it just goes doop, doop, doop. So Kendrick could probably make that sound good is the whole point that I oh, wanted to point. make. And shout out to people who watch Rick and Morty. I'm sure you'll get that. Um, feel DNA because I don't know how Michael made it found a live version of Rick James saying, give me, the, give me some ganja or gotcha <laughs> or whatever. And then throwing that over one of the hardest beats of this year and then letting Kendrick massacre it. Um, and then three, I'm going with Duckworth because Ninth Wonder, touching anything is, is top-notch. And that storytelling is incredible. And the fact that there's like three beat switches in it and it's – I don't, it almost like changes the feel of the story – like how it starts off one way with that uh sample and it's almost lighthearted when he's saying life's a funny motherfucker you gotta love it and then as it goes a little bit deeper and deeper you know that beat changes and it almost shapes the the story a little bit differently every time you hear it um okay so i'm gonna go with this is so hard (laughs) i'm gonna go feel um i'm gonna go element and i'm Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of oh, stuck I gotta see something about. Songs. I gotta see something about Duckworth. Oh, I was sitting on a sample since I was taking a walk the other day. You know, uh, sitting on the sample since like 2013, and it's called September by like some Russian band called like Ostevi Trog. And I remember that because it's still on my hard drive. And I was like, oh man, this is really weird, and I want to figure out how to sample it. And then freaking ninth wonder uses it for freaking duckworth i'm sorry i just couldn't believe i'm like damn i thought i found a gem that no one would ever use and i really did because i'm like and i'm listening to the song i hear the sample and i'm singing it i'm like yo this is really familiar because the end of it is like the part that um i'm like oh yeah i remember those chords and i'm like oh no way yeah you tried it I tried it. Uh, Anyways. So, yeah, I'm going to go element. feel element and something feel like between. You want to make it sexy. And what's the last part? So I think it's just a whole sentence. Somewhere between triple X, yeah, and lust. <laughs> um, so you feel like you want to make it sexy because Deuteronomy said you were cursed? Sure. Uh, or... That Johnny don't want to go to school no more. You want to? <laughs> yeah, you're still trying it. So. <laughs> stop. Or what was the other one? No, no one to stop. What was it? Yo, just tell me the other one. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I think we had one question in regards to Kendrick, and I think it was just... Oh my gosh, there's a question for us. I, this, was, this was a while ago. Uh, our buddy Wade uh, asked if um, we think Kendrick is solidified. I Like I said, I'm not even sure what that means, but I think considering we started off the podcast saying Kendrick's top five and my favorite rapper of all time pretty much answers the question. So I think we're just going to leave it at that. And uh, kind of just, unless you have any questions, facts. Um, why is he so good? scratch that uh i think we're just gonna end it off saying no can can you can someone answer that for me no like why is he that good Maybe at he's just like like why did he give us this album and then rap his like he's he raps like he's he raps his ass like he raps like i don't know how else to explain oh bang like, sorry oh i'm, watching I'm like yo how, like he, he just he, he raps his ass off I, I really don't see how other people don't rap their ass off or other people listen to people that aren't rapping their ass off and then say yeah they're good or better than the guy who actually raps his ass off like i don't know how you can hear i want to fold clothes for you and think oh, damn please, yo please, that's please, better please, than my d your dna and abomination don't, my don't DNA not for don't imitation. like i remember when for your eyes only whatever the hell that album's called yeah. Uh, when that came out, the I had a bunch of eyes only. I saw a bunch of people snapping almond milk in their fridge. I'm like, bruh, you cannot be serious right now, bruh. Well, people really out here saying Puffing is better than I just I don't even want to. Yeah, that's it's it's not even it's not even I forgot the album existed. Like, yo, it's for your eyes only because it ain't for your ears, bro. It's not even it's not Shit's even is not for your it's ears. It's literally not even worth a discussion. We know the truth. Um I, I'm sure people are gonna be like, Oh, it's not fair because they both have the same opinion on Kendrick. You damn right, because we're both smart people. Cause he's good, bro. When people are good, there's a general consensus that more that he's he's just good, so so you're gonna tell me lebron not the greatest small forward of all time because we both have the same opinion or a bunch of people got the same opinion stupid on that note i think we're just gonna end off saying this episode is definitely going up because you're gonna hear it um and if you like us you know, leave us a review on iTunes. Five and, stars, and leave, okay, I will read it. If you leave it. a five-star review, Fax will read it. But I will read I'm going to add to that and say, if you leave us a review, we will have you on the podcast. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, Damn, we will have you it's on. It's like, yo, I hate you guys if I ever saw y'all in the streets. See, because normally I would just read it, and if somebody would say, yo, I hate y'all if I ever seen y'all in the streets, we shoot in a fair one. I'm like, all right, I don't know that when you'll ever see That might actually me. make for a pretty interesting conversation. So That's cool, but then you're going to invite homie on the podcast? Yeah, why not? I mean, then you're going to have right, track down his IP address and really shoot the fair one. They're going to they're gonna get a five-minute slot, okay? Okay, five minutes. All right, that's a bold right. claim. I really appreciate how you didn't discuss this with me, but I like this because this is a level of spontaneity needed for this. I ain't even mad. I'm proud of you, boo. Do you for the betterment of the podcast? <laughs> On that note, everybody have a good night. Go watch the NBA playoffs. They're pretty great. Yes, Bye. and Russell Westbrook's MVP. Good night, everybody. <laughs>